2: Middle call, call. call. hey,
3: welcome everybody to another show start another week it's great to have you sunday on the tube podcast whenever you consume tube whenever you consume john that's the beauty of podcasting and youtube you know what i like to say about it you the consumer control time just recording this on a sunday guy <laughs> Maybe it's Sunday in your world. Somewhere it's Sunday in our world. But it's today, not Sunday for us.
4: But it is Sunday. It's it's the interweb. It's Sunday you're seeing us. How are you doing?
3: Content creation, John. Or maybe Monday. Who knows when you're watching this? Yeah, who knows? We appreciate you nonetheless. All right. Uh, We thought what we would do with the Niners rookie OTAs wrapping up and team OTAs about a week away, we would dive into... Uh, The top OTA
4: organized team activity storylines.
3: Could that be a show name? Organized team activity.
4: OTA. I like OTA is a pretty good one. Organized team activity is a little long. I would say a little. I uh, was cumbersome. A little cumbersome.
3: Yeah. Cumbersome. Benedict cumbersome. I'd say OTA is pretty easy, though. OTA is easy. I was trying to think of a name the other day. I thought if you could somehow rhyme a word with crime that a show called organized crime but it's not crime it's another word but then i i googled words that rhyme with crime thinking like if there was a sports word that rhyme with crime you know only thing yeah, i came up with was organized wine which you know i don't want to sound like we're whining we're not whiners
4: not a terrible food podcast name organized right. wine no. would be a good
3: food yeah <laughs> definitely you know i mean organized got- dine
4: actually would be the name organized dine even know where my phone is, but that's yeah. uh, organized dot. See, I mean, again, we don't need to pitch. You can just build we out. A do, we'll
3: start a show, a podcast show called organized dine where we pay someone to do it. Yeah. Or we pay somebody to do it. We actually we've got somebody who's uh, keeps sending us content and wants to be involved, I
4: think. But they've got another job. Hard to tell. You well, know, no, I I, all find this I think sure. I think I talk to him separate from the group text. Maybe group text. I can't even remember. I just and might said, you know,
3: maybe bring them in the full.
4: Yeah, I think we should. I this guy, he sent us something. He always did great things for us. But what he sent us, I thought was was pretty remarkable. I know
3: you? I we should we haven't even had offline this conversation yet, John, as they say in the corporate business. But we should offline this conversation because uh, there's something there. Oh, there is. Well, hell, All right, just
4: steal him away from where he's at.
3: I mean, yeah, or just you know, he's a like everybody. You you have a little side hustle. It just turns out maybe your side hustle is better than your your hustle hustle.
4: Yeah, <laughs> feels like he's leaving his old team and coming around to a new team, doesn't he? Uh yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> okay, but you don't know who we're talking about, or maybe you do. The clues
3: are out there. If you if you have a big history with Haberman and so John uh, OTA storylines, we've got five of them. We're gonna alternate, and then you know one of us do three, and one of us will do two. But that's okay. We put our list together. We argued about it. This is where we've settled. We can go back and forth on the debate. But the number one, oh, let, why don't you begin? The number well, one,
4: you, you you read them because I didn't. I still I didn't write down the brand new list. I just got you. Of, okay, so you just number
5: you,
3: one, you. number one OTA storyline for the Forty ers is, and let's not overthink this. You could debate. You really could debate this, but we're going with. What's up with Debo, number one OTA storyline? Because we'll get to number two and number three, and number four, and number five. This is pretty black and white. This is pretty easy to identify, right? Either he's there or he's not. Either he's participating or he's not. He is through the draft the biggest non-draft story of the NFL. Let's not forget. Feels like it's things of Mike Garafolo said on Wednesday, things are calming down a little bit. But until he signs, one of his co agents guys got traded another one of them got traded another one dk you know we'll see
4: but two for three so far dk is going to stuff like he's involved dk's and i would say that i mean is debo i'm not putting him on this guy's level because he's been doing it a lot longer but in 2021 the story of the offseason was aaron Rodgers, and i think the story of the offseason right now has been debo samuel now he's not threatening to retire but if he doesn't show up in the spring And to me, if he doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp, which is findable, then we have ourselves a really serious situation. You know, is this as simple as like money's going to figure it out to me if he doesn't show up to mandatory stuff? Because to me, even if he were to show up, I think it would be fine to do a hold in. And I don't think the Niners would have an issue with it as they're dealing with the the contract. Right. If he just stood there on the side when everyone was repping out, I I would support him doing that like he should. Yeah, and you'd have a hard time. I don't think you'd get, I don't think, based on just what we've seen, you'd get, like, sulky Debo Samuel walking around, right? No, it's not his vibe. But until he's under contract or comes and shows to the 49ers, we have an ongoing situation that is not ideal. You know, I mean, your best offensive player, not named Trent Williams, is, you know, but he's Trent Williams, like, BFF. I, it's just—it's not an ideal situation when you're breaking in a new quarterback. And to me, as long as he – like, listen, we'll get into all the other players we're going to talk about. Everything that happens in spring practice, and I would argue even in fall practice, is subjective, right? Beside, like, he caught that or he didn't. But even when he completed it, you'd be like, well, he would have been sacked. That happens a lot, you know, in camp. Well, it was – Trey Lance ran around for 17 seconds. That's not it, even real. Yeah.
3: It was against the twos.
4: Yeah. It, it was, you know, the guy slipped or the guy would have been tackled. We play that game all. The thing that we all agree on when the game starts, like, yeah, that was bad or that was good. But you're either there or you're not. And until he gets a new contract, I'm going to assume that Debo's going to be nowhere to be found. I mean, he'll be found on Instagram, but not at 49er Practice at Santa Clara. <laughs> And Instagram just means like in his car, usually rapping the songs. Yeah. Well, one thing we know about them when they
3: have an offense that they know what it's supposed to look like, right? When Jimmy is their quarterback, they desperately need him. Now you have an offense where you think it could be better ultimately, but maybe you take a step back to take two steps forward with a younger, less experienced quarterback. And so you really, really need him. And, um, you know, I'm not overly concerned about him and Trey Lance getting on the same page, quote-unquote, because they've played together. Um, and I think you know, a lot of what you do with Debo is is manipulated by the coach in terms of Debo's going to be in this spot. He's going to be the number one option. We're just going to give him the ball here, and then he's going to run with it. Um, but I don't think it's nothing. I mean, it's not nothing well, for a not quarterback nothing. and a player it's to have like a
4: relationship. It. Right. It's, it's not nothing. And to me, the storyline is every player is getting asked about it, especially the offensive guys, right? What's it like without Debo here? The quarterback's going to get asked about it a lot. The coaches are going to get asked about it a lot. It's just, uh, you know, the one thing that Aaron Rodgers drama brought is just more pressure on everyone involved that they have nothing to do with it, right? Back Tiari, Devonte Adams, it's no different like Trey Lance, George Kittle, Trent Williams. Hey, Trent, you're his buddy. Like, what's he saying? Like, if Trent Williams talked, what's the first question he's getting asked? Like, how about that blocking tech? No, it's like, well, you and Debo have become really good friends. What's going on? Can you help? Can you help broker the deal? They paid you, made you happy. You wanted to be here, and you're not from California. Like, can you you help figure that? Like, to me, if you could argue of all the players on the team, Trent Williams would be the one that you'd want if you had wanted to ask Debo questions. Trent Williams would be the guy. They went to Warriors games together. Like they're friends, yeah. right? Yeah, and he just had a situation where it's like, yeah, they paid you, but you chose to come back here. What are you telling him? You know, you love Kyle. Like, how is he asking you to help out with the situation? Also, we just had we have a situation
3: right now with Jimmy Garoppolo that seemed like it had an end date on it, and then didn't. Now, a complication his surgery created that, but you know, until this, my point is, until it's done, whatever. It is. Until it's done, it's not done. Oh, no, no, babe. Well, yeah, six six more months, then we'll get married. Okay, well, until you're married, everyone who knows you is going like,
4: I don't know, they've moved the date oh, they, they, three they, times. The, the date is week one. I mean, true, true, hard the, date. Yeah, yeah. Is to get a contract done by week one, right? And that happened to Aaron Donald, and that happened to Khalil Mack years ago. Well, but now you bring in another part of this, which is, what kind of shape is he in? Well, yeah, I mean, to me, th- there's all these other variables. After, but I'm just saying, there is one hard date.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. I and my jump Which off would be that, crazy that would be, if he got there. That would have been a pretty wild. <laughs> what I what what I mean when I say what kind of shape he's in, I don't mean what kind of shape is he in. If he doesn't show up till week one, I just mean part of eventually getting to see put eyes on Debo Samuel. Just what does he look like when he shows up? Right. Has he been eaten? Just is he prepared? Yeah. Has he been eaten? Is he prepared? to hit the ground running the next day or has he been I don't know this is just a this is not the same offseason he had last year right this is a different offseason for Debo Samuel yeah so does he show up in shape whenever it is that he shows up that's part of the question it's been a, it's been an issue previously mm-hmm. right okay number two OTA storyline number two you'd be hard pressed to push Trey Lance to number two but we just did for Debo but Trey Lance is, is OTA storyline number two. And again, you might be watching this video in the comments arguing or listening to this podcast, arguing, no, this is storyline number one. The law, you know, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuels come and go, but franchise quarterbacks that you traded three ones for, they don't happen often.
4: I, I did get a couple texts from a friend of mine who works in a front office and he forwarded me. Jerry Jones. He must be doing some off-season work, just grinding some tape because he was watching some random games. Like it was not—he does not have anything to do with the NFC West. Mm, and the game color. he was watching was—it might just be a project, right? Evaluating the the rookie quarterbacks. Who knows? Right? He's a pretty high-end guy. And it was a couple clips of Trey Lance, and the first one was against Seattle, where he th- hit the guy's feet on his, I think his first pass from the, oh, the short member. He, yeah. He came out from half. That's that's it. It was no, it was just, he just sent me the clip from his iPad, the all 22. And it was like, Jesus, now that was the first pass of his true NFL career. Right. He comes out of halftime, but I think the bottom line was they see another pass a little later in that game where he like skips. I, you had to like really dive. Cause the ball was, he just got, he had a long way to go last year. So regardless of the Lombardo report, whether they hate him or down on him, whether that was just the quarterback coach who's now in Kentucky. I've said over and over, who gives a shit? We're we're living in 2022. But is he skipping balls? Like, is he? Now, the Niners are going to push out positive stuff. All the players are going to be positive. He's going to make cool plays. Like, But to me, it's like, does he look exactly the same? Just in terms of just throwing the ball. Does his release look a little more compact? How about his footwork, right? Yeah. his his release a big part of it. Is he just slicing and dicing? I mean, a defense that, I don't know, is pretty damn good. Well, that's what Fred Warner said was happening at the end of last season. Remember? When he was being the scout team quarterback against their first team defense. Yeah. And remember some of those videos that went viral, like randomly got leaked? as like, there was some weird stuff going on of him just making like the Mahomes type passes. Yeah. Yeah. Sherfield
5: we- <laughs> down the sideline. He's got it.
4: But it is. And
3: the Amador Lenore
5: gets is there, beat again.
4: It, is there a bigger lock? Then uh, discrepancies on completion percentages between Barrows and Lombardi coming up uh, over the next month. Wait, Barrows and Lombardi or Cone and Lombardi? I, I meant, but yeah, uh, Grant Cohn and Lombardi. But the Be- Barrows and the beatermans they throw it out too, but there's no yeah. arguing back and forth. Yeah. Their <laughs> yeah. There, beco- there becomes a war on social media over, was he 12 of 15 or was he 10 of 18? Right? Which I appreciate because I –
3: I'd rather just talk to you and if I'm, you know, like, did I hit the ground? Are they counting that? Yeah. It's also, it's yeah. Anyway, you won't
4: find these, you won't find me and you, uh, tallying up completions. <laughs> Hell, I find myself sometimes like, have I been watching for the last 30 minutes? or just bullshitting with, uh, Albert Brewer on the sideline? <laughs> it's part of the fun. So, uh, we take a global
3: approach to our, uh, practice attendance, but uh, look, there's also, we're talking about it through our eyes, but, as we've discussed for the last month, it's also about Kyle Shanahan's eyes. What does he see? What does Trey Lance do? Every second, just like I was talking about Debo, every second that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't on another team, then he's still an option to Kyle Shanahan, right? So does Debo, does Trey Lance just make sure that what you don't want is for Kyle to even think right now, Kyle Shanahan's committed to Trey Lance. What you don't want is for Kyle to go, is it crazy? You don't even want that conversation, right? For that, that thought to cross his mind. It, well, I mean, could he use another year on the bench?
4: You just just squash that. There have been a lot of guys in college that redshirt and then don't play again in their redshirt freshman year, and yeah, they start I mean, as a redshirt sophomore.
3: Derek Carr only threw 10 passes his first two years at Fresno State. When you think about it, he was active as a freshman, barely played, redshirted his second year, and that worked out. And then he got three years to start, right? Yeah, so I mean, what it? Because when you, you know, when you go when you go twenty years into the future, it's easy to convince yourself. Well, I mean, what does it matter if Trey Lance waits another year? If it's better for his development, then that's what's better for his development, right? You could easily start having that conversation. Aaron Rodgers turned out fine, so they did. You don't want that, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) The, The two greatest back to back. I mean, you just.
4: I mean, Steve, Favre, Steve Young too, he just Favre, Joe Montana. Yeah, but f- you you would argue
3: Favre to Rodgers. Well, I don't know, maybe not. Not more accomplished than Montana to Young, but individually those two guys combined would rank higher on an all-time QB list probably, right? Yeah, uh, Rodgers and Favre both had a Steve.
4: Uh, well, Rodgers is for sure. You know, I think Favre when Favre you one really did MVP's. Yeah, and Farve used to beat him. But now if Steve was older, Steve didn't get Steve would argue like I didn't get to start as soon. Yeah. I mean, I think Peyton and Luck had a chance to like be, you know, one of the best, but obviously Luck said see ya. But I would say those are the three best ones of the last 35 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. This one's a little rockier. <laughs> I mean, because both guys, I mean, again, we don't we Trey Lance again, I'm not saying he will be. I'm I'm being optimistic, but I'm also being realistic. Like, as we said, when all five guys are drafted in the top 15, three of them are going to turn out to not be that good. If one of them is like, turns out to be a consistent pro bowler and the other guy's a 10-year starter, like, it's pretty good. I mean, already, Mac Jones, it's like, oh, is he going to be the best? Well, Today I read that it's going to be Patricia or Joe Judge is going to turn into the offensive coordinator. Like, are we sure Mac Jones is just, he just lost Josh McDaniels. Good luck, buddy know, yeah, that's right. a, the one thing Trey has going for him that the other guys do not is the organizational stability. Like he has the same coach who's going nowhere, who ultimately was in charge, who is invested in him. The only thing I would say is Kyle does have a little Belichick that, like, he ain't gonna hold on as long as you would think other people would. And I come from a place that's pretty cutthroat too, and they help because they pay California. But Howie, oh the Eagles. P- Pivoted relatively quickly on Carson Wentz, given right his status yep. and his money. Like they are not like. Don't chase they, L's. How many organizations would have pivoted when the Eagles did? Probably not many. Probably not many. Now they had won a championship without him, which helped. Right? They they had a little Unique equity.
3: Circle, it had a quarterback, who but they that's what it takes, him. John. It takes unusual equity. Like in this conversation, which is for another time about Kyle Shanahan's job security as it relates to Trey Lance. You know, this is this is the biggest decision of Kyle's career.
4: Maybe I'll change the people opinion. talk. People talk about it. If Trey Lance fails, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are screwed. I don't right? think that's true. Well, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 100 percent not true. It is the biggest decision Kyle's
3: made. And Kyle, it would be the first quarterback he's really, truly developed. But I don't think we just if in three years they need a new quarterback or two years, it's like, God, this guy doesn't have it. That Jed York's just going to clean house and look for something. Two things else
4: can work. be true. It would be a disaster. And Jed York would try to rat it out with these guys.
3: Yeah. He'd be the cleanup crew for the oil spill, even though he's the oil company, also. Yeah.
4: Because that oil company's already made Jed some happy moments hung oil. out with him personally. A lot of oil. <laughs> a lot of barrels of oil. A lot of petrol.
3: Yeah. All right, John. Storyline number three for 49ers OTAs.
4: I like this one a lot. Drake Jackson. You know what's crazy about the 49ers pass rush last year which i think was just widely considered this great pass rush a lot of it was because Bosa's is an elite player and armstead's a really really good player the other guys just kind of played balls out it's like god these guys you know a basketball team is like how this team win 49 games and get to the seven seed? you're like well they just play their ass off and that was kind of what they hung their hat on well two years previously when it was like is this the best defensive line we've ever seen because they had guys literally playing their ass off, but it was Nick Bosa, Armstead, Buckner, and D Ford. It was like, yeah, you know, all these guys, obviously, Bosa's a Pro Bowler. D Ford had been to a Pro Bowl, Buckner, a Pro Bowler, and Armstead might never make a Pro Bowl, but he's like, he's play and start for every team in the league. So if you get really good players with this guy, you're going to dominate. And Drake Jackson, like, they really didn't have another edge rusher like Ebicam and, and the guy they trade Willis. Like, again, these are good role players and they're going to make plays if you just relentless, but like with those guys are backups to blue chippers and we'll find out, you know, we are the end of the second round. I'm not saying you're a blue chipper, but he does have some blue chipper attributes. Like, I mean, everyone I've talked to, I mean, the reason he fell was not talent. It was maturity, the kid, the weight, the ability to bend, uh, we talked over and over if he had been in a stable place, let's just say he'd gone to Ohio State or Texas A&M or just a place where they've had the same coach for a while in his three years, he would have chances that he blasted the second round. I mean, or slim to none. It's just like they got they got. And I think they would tell you, we'll see the, the person because ultimately you acquire the person, not just the player. So he's going to have to, you know, grow up fast. But I bet they're thinking, like, I don't know how we would have acquired a talent like this, given our we didn't have money because we kept Jimmy. And, you know, I mean, you you don't necessarily you'd rather have a 20 or one year old guy with a bunch of talent than like Chandler Jones. And I'm someone who, like, you got to sign Chandler Jones. Well, until he, like, gets hurt week three, you're like, oh, that one hurts. You know, 32 year old. You got to stay away from those old guys. I flip on you quick.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's.
4: If it works, it looks
3: good. If it fails, it looks bad. And then you every, free, you every, team, every the team in the league,
4: would you rather just get a guy on a rookie contract that has a chance to be a pro bowler or really overpay an older guy? But you don't know like when free agency that you were going to have that opportunity, right? Cause they weren't right. picking till 61. They got, I, well, what I'm saying is they got very, very lucky to get a pass rusher of this level at that pick. I never in a million years thought they would, I would be this excited about their 61st pick.
3: Yeah, I agree. Now, if we watch this, this if we listen to this conversation three years from now and it's failed, instead of saying what you just said about if he'd been at Ohio State, you'd say, well, if he'd been at Ohio State, it's also possible that his stock is lower because we've been a alive. really stable situation. How If like if it's not going to work there, it's not going to work as a pro, shouldn't it work there, right? The fact that he was in a, uh, uh, a situation that wasn't stable, they couldn't decide how to use him, so his weight fluctuated.
4: Works multiple, against him, multiple schemes, multiple play. schemes, multiple positions
3: works against him if he's going to be great. Yeah. But if he's not, it actually benefits him because it's an excuse that we can make for why his his potential is untapped. And now we're about to tap it. Now, the good thing for him and for the pick is that you have one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL, not just in terms of player development. Right. And here's where the OTA part becomes fun. He's got a, an all pro right tackle on the other side. So do we get to see reps of Drake Jackson at some point matched up with Trent Williams, right? He's got a, a say what you want, and we'll talk about this, but he's got a, a a four-year starter on the other side of Mike McGlinchey, right? So you do get opportunities to see this guy, and you get to see him next to Nick Bosa. You get to see him next to Eric Armstead. You get to see him in these situations, Javon Kinlaw. You get to see him against guys right that about we, that guy. <laughs> against guys against guys that we know what it's supposed to look like. So I think that's part of to me what specifically practice with Drake Jackson is about. There are some guys like running backs, I, you know, we've been to a lot of these practices, used to go to them all the time. It's you can't ta- positions that you can't really tackle, so I don't I don't know. But pass rushers, offensive linemen, like I think you can tell some stuff in in those situations. The other reason I think he's so interesting for them is you know, if we talked about the Patriots championship run, that's not all one championship window, right? The San Antonio Spurs, that's not all one window. Windows close and open and close and open. And like a financial advisor would tell you, you need a diversified portfolio. Part of it is about staggering. Keep buying crypto. <laughs> Part of it is about oh, I'm diversified. Part of it is about staggering your talent, right? When you look at the Niners, one thing they've done such a great job of is the carry hiders. Of the world. right? Back. Who, who is back, <laughs> but finding guys and then making something out of them.
4: Jordan Willis, finding guys, but getting somebody paid wasn't going to be. paid. finding a guy, you know, uh, what's yeah. his name from LSU, from the Raiders? Arden Key made Arden him Key. like a serviceable just, pass right? rusher. So who just got paid? Who just left? Um, well, Hyder came back.
3: Hyder came back. Who just left? Oh, DJ Jones. DJ Jones, right. But what the Niners don't really have like he's by, in terms of their defensive line, kind of stagger. They don't have a really young guy. Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw. Kinlaw is young. Kinlaw is definitely on the young side of the scale. Ebercam, you know, they hide or no. I mean, they just they don't have a really. He is by far, I think. Now they've they you know they got that. They took a six rounder, Davis. They'll have some undrafted free agents, whatever. But this is their kind of young. Can you bridge to Drake Jackson? We're three years from now, he's every down, three down, really two years from now, a three down, really productive guy. Can you bridge to him and, you know, open up another part of a window and then there's another bridge and that's that's how it works. It's not about Nick. It's not about all the the same guys for eight years being great. Yeah. So to me, he represents. I mean, like you said, the Patriots,
4: Richard Seymour to. You know, to Chandler Jones, then to now Judon. Like you kind of keep rotating through free agency and drafts and you winoviches, and some work, some don't, but you always like keep churning it. I, I I do believe that you know, you brought up this name a couple times. If you throw Kinlaw in there too, because he's he was so MIA and it was just irrelevant last year and hurt, and I think most people, including myself, almost like I don't even count this guy anymore. If he comes back with this guy, that's two pretty big additions. It'll feel like an extra draft pick, won't it? If that big motherfucker is just in the middle with Drake Jackson on one side, it's like Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, and Drake Jackson, some reps. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if you're the Niners, think of what that is. Number two overall pick, Armstead first rounder, Kinlaw first rounder, Drake Jackson, second rounder. Like that, that's you should invest your capital right there, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Now Kinlaw has to be good. Or, I mean, just he just needs to be on the field. He'll yeah. be fine if he's on yeah. the field.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. John, before we go on, let's tell the people about <laughs> Shopify.com slash ham. That was the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business right now go to shopify.com slash ham that's h-a-m all lowercase the ham has to be lowercase shopify.com slash ham for a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features
4: guys shopify is more than a store connect with your customers drive sales manages your day-to-day shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods Think about uh, my entrepreneurs out there, people running small businesses. They're here to help. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots to and beyond. I mean, it's it makes doing business so much easier, guy.
3: They've got the tools, the resources to make it easy for any business to succeed uh, down the street or around the globe. Okay, you can discover what's possible because Shopify unlocks opportunity to your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. So in the time that we've been reading this at 28 seconds was 15 seconds ago. An entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify. You can synchronize your online and in-person sales, gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins
4: and beyond. This is possibility powered by shopify go to shopify.com slash ham all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash ham right now that's shopify.com all lowercase slash ham next
3: up Storyline number five, uh, four. We're on number four. We're on number four. Uh, biggest OTA storylines. And we went back and forth on this one. Number five and number four, we, we went back and forth. But ultimately, I, I like where we settled on four, which is the defensive backfield, John. Last year, in a passing league, as they say, the 49ers pulled off a miracle, <laughs> getting to the NFC championship game. And I know there's a bunch of different metrics we could use, some favorable, some not. But the bottom line is that um, they were one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Only the Eagles and Jags gave up a higher completion percentage, and the Niners were tied with the Jets for the third highest completion percentage allowed in the league. Now, I'm sure that's
4: somebody pretty, could tell me why.
3: embarrassing. It is not good. And I'm sure somebody could tell me why that's the wrong stat and we should use something else. And right, we, There's a lot of more advanced metrics. But the reason I use that stat, even though it's – I think you would. I think everyone would agree a, a more fundamental, rudimentary stat than than some of the more advanced ways you can Just measure passing defense. yards given up. Yeah, I mean, the reason I use percentage is because I felt percentage when I watched them play. Like, I think anyone that watched them play felt that more often than not, it felt like the other team when they needed to complete a ball was going to complete a ball. Now, part of the reason they got as far as they got is that in some big moments, they made some big plays. Right. But I think what you felt was that it just
4: how were you going to sustain play after play after play getting stops through the air? It felt like they were vulnerable. I mean, there are two games that really stood out to me that I closed my eyes and I'll never forget Colt McCoy guy looking like Carson Palmer. And the year before it was Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like Dan Marino. And, you know, 2000, the difference in 20, the season didn't matter. In 21, they were playing for the playoffs. And it felt like they lost their playoff spot on Thursday night football against the Titans. And that was Ryan Tannehill, who they literally just drafted a guy, because I don't know if they're the biggest Tannehill fans after what happened in the playoffs, looking like Steve McNair for the Titans and A.J. Brown destroying them. And like you said, you, you don't even need stats. If you watch this team play, you never felt... Like they could get a stop if the defensive line did not sack the quarterback when the quarterback threw and it was out of the lens of the camera, right? When the when the ball had to travel outside of the lens of the camera, that feeling, yeah. This guy is not only going to be open; it'll it will be shocking if he doesn't gain several yards after he catches it because there won't even be a guy around him. And we had some moments with Josh Norman, which were low points. I mean, it's and part of it, I think was because Josh Norman is a famous player, right? He's a famous player for other teams who's now no longer any good. And the Niners were constantly playing him no matter what happened. He gave up one of the all-time plays on that fake punt, remember, when he, like, who knows what he was doing? The guy was wide open. That was a little bit of Hightower, too. But it it, it was just, it was embarrassing. I mean, again, the Jets were a laughingstock in the league last year. Like, that's the the teams they're with. They, they had no chance to stop anyone. Ironically, that they, they kind of as the season, like the last game of the season, Ambry Thomas made one of the biggest plays of the year, picking Matt Stafford off, keeping his feet in bounds and winning that game. And then the next couple of weeks, like their DBs were pretty good. Uh, but ultimately it was a problem in the Rams game, right? They just it was hard for them to corral Stafford in the passing game, and they just were not good enough. Now they do, they spend a lot of money on Ward analytically Ward's been really good for the Chiefs right his passing percentages against he's been a very solid starter and the Niners aren't looking for Deion Sanders and Darrell Reeves. they just need solid starters and then to me it's like can Ambry Thomas just become a solid player I mean he did show flashes last year can he just yeah. be a starter you got Emmanuel Mosley you know can is Lenore one of those guys that like you know the COVID year everything was off now the second like he can play for you like that's that happens in the NFL, right? Guys that you draft relatively high the following years, decent player. Like he's going to get an opportunity because that's I would say DBs are a little bit like wide receivers and NBA players that like as the season goes, you just end up getting some burn, right? There's, it's not often like yeah the same DBs played every snap. That's not usually the way it works, especially now with like three and four wide. Who's going to be our best? Who's going to be our best third corner? Who bumps into nickel? Oh, this guy pulled a hamstring. He's out three weeks. Who starts now? Like you get a lot of and think how often that happened last year on top of guys getting benched, just injuries. You just get hurt at that position. You're just in a lot of like collateral damage plays. You pull hammies because you're constantly running really fast. (laughs) They specifically
3: have had a lot of injuries. It feels like an inordinate amount um you know and i think somewhat you could point to the fact that in other ways they did outperform what it felt like right in in DVOA on pass defense they were 15th in the league but the reality is that the playoff teams that were ranked worse than them had were were more explosive in the past game where the the problem for the niners even though in some ways their offense you know was was really successful and they turned out like statistically to have one of the best offenses in the nfl when you watched it, you understood that it was very difficult for them to put together scoring. It took a lot of effort, right? It took a lot of work. I equated it to like a Prince, like Princeton basketball. Like we got to run. We got. They've got to be like five passes, precision offense, a back cut, three back screens in order to get this layup that looks easy. But we can't just. We don't get to just give it to Steph. Let him cook. Irony, irony is last check the Warriors weren't doing that but give it to your star player let him go one on one and just go get a basket which sometimes you need to do because you don't have the time for a 13 play drive and i love it we all love a good 18 play drive for the 49ers but you know that that if you get into those types of games you need the quick strike ability well you
4: don't think you can depend on Debo's 60 yard runs where he breaks three tackles jumps over a guy and outruns three other guys yeah it's just
3: <laughs> i mean if you pay him 65 million dollars you're going to start depending on it but well, I would say
4: their their like explosive that. plays last year I mean, Debo's plays look like high school plays of the guys going to Ohio State and Alabama, right, in the NFL. Like, that's Debo's a fantastic player, but he's not just going to be able to do this for, like, the next four years, like, every game. Like, oh, yeah, Debo had another 60-yard play where he cut it across and outran this guy and did a 360. Like, his his plays were outrageously insane, right, when they had their explosive plays. It was crazy to watch. didn't he lead the league in
3: rushing plays of over 20 touch scoring, scoring rushes of over 25 yards.
4: Yes, guy, because they ran sweeps to him where he would take it to the house,
3: running downhill, just like a a runaway truck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, they also, you mentioned Ward. Odom was another, they're starting strong. Safety was a free agent signing as well. Right. George Odom from uh, the Colts. So, and Verrett's back for whatever that's worth. You just, again, you just kind of need to turn it over. You don't need Lenore and Thomas and your fifth rounder, Walmack and Castro Fields. But we've looked at these drafts before. Historically, this organization has picked a fifth or a sixth rounder that contributes, right? Or a seventh yeah, rounder in the case. And
4: of- I, I think uh, Harris is coming back from an Achilles yep. that might start. But I mean, and, and Kyle, I think, talk because they did kind of get questioned of like, uh, what, what your guys deal with safeties? You know, weren't you going to draft one? And then it's like uh, Honey Badger. Well, he got 18 million. That's off the table. I mean, they are going to depend on Odom is a backup. I mean, he might start for the Niners, but like he's been a backup. Hufunga? Yeah, I mean, that's like all these guys aren't really like uh, playmaking. Now, I think some people would tell you that like safety can be overrated. Maybe Hufunga is just like a solid starter, you know, which would be pretty surprising to a lot Let's, of people in the league
3: let's bring this back to the beginning of the conversation because this is an OTA conversation. And we remember last year going and watching specifically, everyone wanted to watch Ambry Thomas and or Lenore. And it was pretty clear. These guys are not ready right now to be NFL starters, right? You agree that like, Oh,
4: like we could tell that pretty quickly. And of course they were rookies coming off of COVID years. Right. Do you remember Kyle at the end of the season was like, after the first like training camp, I'm like, these guys stink. I think he's specifically talking about Thomas. Because he played. as a, he's as just, a way I, to compliment him, yeah. basically like I'm blown away by how sweet he is now relative yeah. to what I saw. Yeah. So uh, if he takes a jump, you feel he's a third round pick. Yeah. So from Michigan, right? I mean, it's like it's he was one on one with Odell Beckham Jr. in crunch time. Which, when the ball was in the air, I thought I had trouble, but he picked it off. But that was part of the deal. Remember, it was like
3: balls in the air, he's there. He had not made a bunch of those plays. He'd been yeah, he'd beaten, been like, there, he strong armed in those situations, and he made that play. He can start making plays, you know. Number five, my favorite discussion, John, as you know, I love talking about the O lineman, the O lineman. Um, you could go, we could even go specific. For me, I know there's questions about center.
4: McGlinchy. McGlinchy. Matt Ryan's cousin? Back. How Matt Ryan's cousin. Are you on a football reference page? No, I've just heard, I heard Matt Ryan mention that recently oh. about like uh, talking about Quentin Nelson. And they're like, yeah. what do you think? He's like, well, I've been, I, I remember texting my cousin Mike McGlinchy, that like you're good, but who's that guy next to you at Notre Dame? I was like, I, I, sometimes you forget like they're legitimately first cousins. Yeah, they're cousins.
3: <laughs> so uh, if, if we go O line, do you put McGlinchy one? Do you put who's the center one? Do you put
4: yeah? I, I, Banks? I to me, you- I, I I I don't look at the offensive line like you know the videos that went viral after Belichick drafted his guy, there were like individual videos of his guy. One-on-one situations. It's not a one-on-one position. It's played as a unit. And I know one player that's really good in a starter and that's Trent Williams. Now McGlinchey is a starter based on his contract, but I would say if McGlinchey was a $2 million player, you could argue it's just an open competition with the offensive line. And then you'd have basically all the spots. Does Alex Mack retire? Or you got a new center brunskill like he's not some lock to start they lost their guard to get paid by the jets like the, to me every single position beside left tackle is a question mark now i know McGlinchy's going to start but he's coming off a blown up quad not like a pulled hammy that knocked him out his quad ripped like that's a pretty major injury now i've seen some videos he's moving around like clearly he's i mean he's, he's been out a long time so he's probably closer to full health but like who what's their unit because at the end of the day they want to run the shit out of the ball. Now, luckily, it's much easier to find run blockers than it is like Kyle doesn't want to be Andy Reid and throw it 40 times a game. It's hard to find pass protectors. Like McGlinchy, it's just something he struggles at because people, the analytics are always like, you know, McGlinchy run blocks fine. That's probably why Kyle likes him because ultimately Kyle wants to run 35 times a game. Like, it's that's what makes him the happiest because he's the happiest when they win and they've won consistently the most when they ran it. But like, And he's the most in
3: control when you run the ball.
4: Yeah. Do they have a new center? Do they have, Does does, I mean, Aaron Banks guy, they used a second round pick on him. At the end of the day, if they find a good guard who really cares, but like, can he not win the job? Are they just going to give it to like, is he just starting with this, with the ones or does he have to earn it? Cause remember last year, part of it was like, you know, it's been the scout team's been good for him getting in shape. You're like, I like hearing about the fifth round picks, but you, second round picks. Looking back, that's not an ideal situation to be in, right? Like, shouldn't you have known what you were getting into here with the second mm-hmm. round? Like, usually it's like, oh, who's the starting guard? Oh, uh, you know, all the teams. Like, oh, with this guy, we got a sixth rounder. Oh, our undrafted free agent, he's gonna be our starting left guard. Oh, yeah, the, our seventh rounder won the starting center job. That's it. Doesn't work that way at like most positions, but guards and centers happens all the time. It was like, Aaron Banks. Not even close. You're like, yeah, uh,
3: after like three days, you just know like, okay, this is, we can live with this. We'll move on to other decisions now.
4: It's yeah. like, well, you know, small school guy. Like, no, he went to like O-line U. It, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, he came from offensive line You. I think the other thing that made it complicated,
3: not complicated, but just that, that put it under the microscope right away was it didn't feel like a scheme
4: fit, right? He's like a big, burly, like a power guy, not a move guy. Like not everyone's Trent Williams. Who's enormous and can move, you know? Like McGlinchey's not a great athlete, but he's clearly a pretty good run blocker. Which I'm not saying this guy won't be a good run blocker, but I, you know, I think the question on it is, is he quick enough, you know? And you know he's really heavy, he's big. Now maybe they slimmed him down, and that was part of getting on the scout team, getting him in shape. But I know a lot of my friends in the league that like do this for a living, and like evaluated eight games of him over a couple years. Like I don't see the fit there. Cannot have. You cannot afford mistakes. With second round picks. But what I mean is with Trey Lance, with a, with Trey Lance. But you're saying to like, yeah, he just missed Aaron Donald. Trey Lance is now us uh, three feet into this turf. <laughs> oh yeah. He just, he he whiffed on JJ Watt and JJ Watt just ran into Trey Lance full speed. JJ has been lifting all summer long. I don't know if you follow him on TikTok. He looks fucking enormous. He, I, I mean, don't. always ask. Should I follow him? I, on I don't either. No, someone just forwarded me this TikTok of him making fun of Collins, their first round rookie last year, said he last year during either the season or training camp, like they're in a defensive meeting and he goes, guys, he's from Tulsa. And he goes, guys, I, I just went to this ice cream spot last night, mom and pop shop. It's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And they're like, all the linemen are like, what's the place called? Like what? He's like they they put the toppings and the ice cream. They do it in front of you. He's like, honestly, I swear to God, I've never seen anything like this, and I've never tasted anything like this. And everyone's like, we gotta come. Like, when can we go? He's like, well, let's let's all go tomorrow. And then eventually, one guy goes like, what's the name? I'll just meet you there. And he like look, he's like, I saved it in my phone. He's like, Coldstone. And he said the whole place <laughs> just. He's like, the people fell over laughing. He was because he was dead serious. Dead I will serious. say this: Coldstone's
3: fantastic. <laughs>
4: When they cut it out and they start chopping it up on the marble and folding yeah. it. and You just realize some people, if you're from a small town, then you go to a smaller school. Like you might experience some things in the end you know, just you go to a bigger city like Phoenix. That wasn't where you grew, you know, where you're from. I remember the Cold Stone in Fresno. I used to go to that Cold Stone all the time. One beef I would have with Cold Stone over like Baskin Robbins or whatever. It can be a, their ice cream can be a little rich. So if you sure, get yeah. if you get the wrong well, thing, it's really rich.
3: I know. As you get older, I've I, I've always thought not always thought, but in recent years, I, I've developed a theory. As you get older, you start to like vanilla ice cream more. It's just a natural. The rich ice cream it's like almost too much. And I d- used to not understand. My parents would be like, ah, like that chocolate cake is too rich. I'd be like, what are you talking about? This is
4: that's what I want. But it's it's weird,
3: right? That's it's a
4: like, good. That's a great theory because I'm I I fall into that theory. I have I, I, I realized I'm something probably a month ago and I didn't like it. Let me just. I love a good vanilla bean, (laughs) but I sometimes I have ordered now
3: multiple because you all I always feel a you feel you feel kind of like you feel uh kind of uninteresting if you order vanilla and you feel like I'm I'm here. There's 13 different variations of 25 different options. Maybe I should get the honey goat cheese, but it's like that's not what I want. I don't want that. I just
4: the vanilla bean I will enjoy. (laughs) So you just it's fine. You reach a point like fuck it. I'll take the vanilla bean. Well, it, I, mean, I, I apologize think, to I, no one. I think alcohol is a lot like that because when you're young, you're like, give me the uh, the number seven on this alcohol, and it's got like eighteen different flavors. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah. you just like, you have a couple of those. It takes like you're drinking like a milkshake mixed with a Slurpee. And by the time you get to like over thirty, you're like, yeah, it's vodka soda. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, you know what? <laughs> like, then, like yeah, it, <laughs> sometimes when I like, I have a couple. You guys, I hang out with to drink like IPAs. It's like. I've ordered it with them. I'm like, I don't even. This is. I don't even want this. This is not even good. Just oh, yeah, yeah of course, live. We man. agree
3: on that. IPA overrated. Just too much. Well, you know what the number one uh, ingredient in a restaurant to make all its food taste good is butter. It's just but Just that butter. Just butter. You know, butter. Just steak. Butter.
4: Was isn't that what like Ruth Chris and Fleming's like salt, pepper, going to butter, bam? <laughs> we
3: did it, everybody. We made a steak. A lot of butter. You know, like, no, like uh, yeah, anyway. All right. Uh, Real quick. Other OTA storylines. Just making a note here. Just a few things I want to rattle off. Russell, Denver. That's just interesting, right? Uh, That's Kyler. What's up with Kyler? Does Carolina hate its quarterbacks? That's a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of mindset I've got, right? Any team that, no, no, we're good with Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Like, are you? Or are you going to need another quarterback? Like, those types of teams I think are interesting. OTA stories.
4: Well, I mean, you mean two guys that are near and dear to our uh football watching lives. I do think everyone just assumes because they had an incredible time in college that Derek and Devontae. It's hard not to, right? They're friends. Uh, Devontae became a superstar. Derek became a really good quarterback. That I mean, it's it's closer to a decade later than five years later. It's been a long time. I mean, they came out in two thousand fourteen. It's now two thousand and twenty two. That's, that's, they're going on their ninth NFL season. Like that's, that's a long period of time that they have not played together. Now, ultimately their cohesion, you know, is it one of those things? Like, it's like riding a bike, you know, it's like, you know, you see a friend and there are certain people in your life that you can't see each other for five years and you see each other immediately. Like you can just have a normal, you can tell them things that you wouldn't tell other people that you see every day. Right. Right. And I do believe they have a special relationship, but like the, There is going to be pressure. Like, Derek, we have seen what Devontae looks like, right, when it's rolling. And this is the thing with Tua and Tyreek. Like, Tua, this is not going to fall on Cheetah. This is going to fall on you because I know what that little guy does. Like I know what Devontae does. And so it's like the cohesion plus the difference between Miami. Like, we don't even expect them to be a playoff team. Like, Derek, there is pressure on those two guys, both, even though Derek didn't get, like, huge guaranteed money he is making a lot of i mean yeah. combined what what do those two guys make like 60 million dollars combined like i just think there's a lot of pressure on those two guys also a coach
3: josh mcdaniel's who hasn't it's not like he just worked with one of them and now the other guy's getting brought into the fold right it's all three of them are new to each other josh and Derek and Devontae. Devontae's new to josh and vice versa Derek and josh right and the two of them together i think one thing that helps the
4: raiders you agree? There's a lot of pressure, though, on those two guys. Uh, yeah,
3: there. I do. I do. But I, I will say, I don't think you're going to get those stories of like, well, you know, like the Packers Lafleur stories, like ah, Aaron doesn't really want to do it the way Lafleur wants to do it. Like, I think Derek is going to be all in on however Josh wants to do it. We're going to do it that way, and I'm all in on on doing it that way, right? And I'm all in on getting Devontae. However, we got to get Devontae and whoever. Like, I think he's a a good sh- 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 soldier because of his good shoulder, uh, he's a good soldier in that way. So that helps him. But
4: I don't know. Can they answer those questions? You know? No, no. no I'm just saying, like, those two, just that team. Yeah, that's a good one. It's just, because to me, like, the, the Carolina thing, even the Atlanta thing, like, they're kind of irrelevant teams. Carolina kind of is But I relevant. think it's
3: relevant to the 49 Like, to me, that's a no, 49ers just, story. Yeah, yeah.
4: That's true. Um. I mean, is Baker just gonna play in the USFL? Baker, you know, what about Pittsburgh? Like Kenny Pickett. Well,
3: he's the starting quarterback. I are think. they well, I know, but I what I'm saying is is Mike Tomlin are they just gonna fold this into another 12 years of just like we're really good. We found our quarterback and here we are. We're the Steelers. I'm, be- still. I'm betting against Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So I think that's another big one. That one's interesting. How does how does he look? And we could keep going. I know we'll have more OTA stories as the week goes along, but those are just a few off the top of my head. Okay. You want to do some mailbag questions? Yeah. Here's what you do, people. You go to Apple Podcasts. You go to the uh, review. You leave us a review. We appreciate five stars. And uh, in that review, ask us a question. Tell us something. If you want to throw in your favorite uh, your favorite bar, we love that. And um, here we go. First up, mailbag. Go to here. This is a mailbag. Mailbag. Bag alert major bag alert all right Those commercials disappeared from wendy's you know i know i did notice that okay this is from dancing or no dance in angel five stars and it says your audience is not 100 male with a girl emoji was listening to the pod recently, and you guys mentioned thinking your audience is 100% male. Well, I'm sure the percentage is very high. As a female listener, I can assure you it's not 100%. You might be surprised at how many hardcore female fans there are out there. We just might tend to be a little less outspoken than our male counterparts. I grew up in a family of lifetime 49ers fans, and my mom was probably the biggest one of them all. I found your pod about a year year ago, and it's been in my regular rotation ever since. I really enjoy your honest takes, relaxed five, and funny antidotes. As a side note, oddly enough, my, fo- my husband doesn't follow football at all. Go figure. I did manage to make my son an obsessed fan, though, so we team up and drive my husband crazy on Sundays. Coolest bar I've ever been to was, was a speakeasy in San Diego called The Noble Experiment. Not a question, but
4: that's a great... We appreciate that review. I haven't been to San Diego in a long time. I always should love I, San Diego.
3: Should I pull up The Noble Experiment? See what this place looks like?
4: Probably looks pretty. Anything good. to
3: say? Uh, anything to say there, John? While I'm looking up the Nobel.
4: Yeah, I just I, I think San Diego is just one of the more solid, never disappoint cities in America. Just sunny, the water, food's great, gas lamp District. It's just, it's a it's a special place. I mean, it's just it's got something. If you if you're an outdoorsy, you can go hiking. If you're a golfer, it's got golf. If you're like beachy, you can beach. If you're an academic, it's got universities everywhere. It's got fun. It's got big city feel. There's traffic. It's just, you know, Mexico's close. It's just, it it is just. (laughs) But not too much traffic. I don't think it quite gets enough positive run. SeaWorld's still going? Hell yeah. I think it gets to fly under the radar. Like San Francisco takes a bunch of shit or positive when things are going well, but also the negativity. LA, same thing. Uh, I think like places like Fresno and Sacramento are just constantly shit on. I think San Diego's like, we're sweet. Just don't come here. Just let us be. And we just love it. Right. How often do people from San Diego complain? Right. People the, from Sa- L.A. complain all the time. People from San Francisco complain all the time. I just don't think people from San Diego complain. Uh,
3: the people I know who are from San Diego or live in San Diego are, when you think about it, some of the cooler people that I know. I went to the uh, Noble Experiment website here, John. All it is, it says N.E. And there's a like an old skeleton key. That's all that's there. So that's how you know it's speakeasy, yeah. you know. What's that place in this? Do you ever been to the, is it called First Edition off Market Street? You ever been there? Special, like little sneaky place? It's like you don't even know it's there. And then you go down like a couple dark stairways and it's underground and it's it's all, it's nice. It's a real, it's a nice Is spot. that
4: where Neal threw a Super Bowl party?
3: No, Neal threw a Super Bowl party at, um, that was on Broadway near North Beach. And that place was called, I think it was called Hue, maybe H-U-E. I don't think it's there anymore.
4: I think. Didn't, I, you, w- didn't you walk in and he goes, "Meet my friend, Ladanian." Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. He, he like took us to the middle of the dance floor at one point. It's
3: a huge crowd. He's like, "Oh, I want to introduce you, somebody," and it was Ladanian Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, what do you say? It's like loud. It's like, hey, hey, Ladanian, big fan. Here's my, here's my wife. I want you to be somebody else I know. You're like, what you do you
4: want me? The fantasy championship. Well, that would be 2007. He gets that a lot. I think he's one frog of the great frog you just went,
3: you'd have to talk like, what could you say to him that would catch it? Like TCU band do the little horn yeah. frog thing. Yeah.
4: Oh, that's what it is. Yeah.
5: Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off
3: All right. Uh, mailbag. I, I, lo- I loved you on the Jets. <laughs> Next up. Uh, this is from Bob's Your Uncle, 22. So happy to find these guys again. They were my favorite sports show on the radio. Was so bummed when they left the air in the Bay Area. So I'm happy to find them again. My favorite part, af- aside from being hilarious, is they talk a ton of football and have insights like no other. I'm not a baseball fan. And uh, I'm not a baseball fan. And our our local two oh our local two sports radio stations beat us over the head with giants baseball talk these guys talk football and basketball all year long i freaking love that shout out to greg papa for letting us know they had a podcast going
4: did you know Papa say it on the radio like well i mean, i am sure i mean he just i think i've been on, this, I really been on this i just went on the cool. show with guy and john is several years ago because I, I assumed and i think you kind of did too and I, th- I would imagine a lot of people in radio that just people are just going to convert. You know, there's not like a, every single person that they like what you do in this medium once you leave radio to go to pot might not just, it's just on Twitter or Instagram. So there's a large percentage of people that just, you just disappear from their lives. I'll never forget, I used, I'm not on dating apps anymore, but when I was years ago, this girl from like, I don't even know, Hinge or something. It's like, hey, you want to go to a concert? I had never even met her. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm going tonight. Slightly stupid Berkeley. I'm like, yeah, come pick me up. Good looking girl. Actually, pretty normal interaction. I always went, sat behind this guy. You know, there was slightly stupid Berkeley. A lot, a lot of marijuana getting passed around. I was getting passed around. And I said, yeah, I'm here. I'm not a big like smoke with random people. I, who knows? But I, I did it. And this guy looks at me, goes, and then we start talking. He's like, are you John Middlecoff? He's like I loved your big Raider fan. He's like, where did you guys go? And, and he didn't, he listens to podcasts, but he didn't even know. So I, I think you assume people know. That's why you can never assume anything in life.
3: You know, what we should do P- take out some radio ads.
4: True. But their problem is they charge so much and not that many people are listening. <laughs> it doesn't quite equate guy. Well, maybe they would charge a lot. Maybe we can get a deal. Uh,
3: that's a good Or story. just
4: have good, you know, London Papa mention us. Yeah, that's yeah, we appreciate that. We should just uh throw throw them some uh we might know another guy in the later show not. that has some people listening that could maybe throw a couple zingers in there. Last time I saw Tolbert, he's how's Middlecoff doing? How's the podcast? Tolbert loves idea. Yeah, big time. <laughs> loves beer. Then he handed me one. <laughs> uh I don't
3: know. Uh, Okay, next up, John, uh, mailbag. This is from Faithful in D.C. It's titled only 99.9%, five stars. Female listener here. Found you guys in the middle of last season, and I've been subscribed since. If you guys make it out to the East Coast, Town Tavern in D.C. is the place to visit. Nothing special about the food, but as one Niners bar in town, the crowd uh, gets lively on game day. Please don't add any Bachelor content, but I do appreciate the book recommendations. Just started the Wickersham book Last week, it's better to be feared. Uh, That's about the Patriots. It came out last October, and it's fantastic. And we keep recommending it. People ask about it, like what What is that Patriots book that you guys are talking about?" So uh, we keep recommending it. But faithful in DC, it feels like a love letter almost. Faithful in DC, you know, it does.
4: You know, it, it. But she's she happily married. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. So you never know. I we get a lot of. I've just gotten so many DMs over the year. If you're ever in like just random places like Bend, Oregon, golf on me. If you're ever in Myrtle (laughs) Beach, hit me up. I know a great golf course. I'll take you out to my country club and beers on me. It's like, if I am, who knows, in the next two decades, I'll never remember this DM. It's not that I I would love to, but. We've got a
3: guy that's DM me several times. Maybe he's DM you too. And I can't, I apologize. He's probably, if he listens to this, I, I don't remember. It's deep in my DM somewhere, but he's been adamant. You guys got to come to Mexico. <laughs> I, uh, drinks on me in Mexico because he. I think he's a Niners fan. He's going for Niners Cardinals. Like, drinks come to Mexico. Drinks Mexico me. City, Mexico City, yeah. And with respectfully, if I'm going to Mexico, I'm probably not going for an NFL game. But but I've not been yeah. to Mexico, so maybe I would. I don't know.
4: You know, if you went to Mexico City, I don't think that would be as crazy. I don't think you. Yeah, I mean Cancun or Puerto Vallarta or one of those. You right. Know. Yeah, places. I think Mexico City is one of the biggest cities in the world. I believe that it is. Uh I'd be like, could we go see Pablo Escobar's house? But that's not Mexico Is that a, tour, city. Is that a tourist? I, track? You know the problem is I've watched so many cartel movies. I, I I would be like, you know, the just always my head on a swivel like is this when shit's about to break out is is this when is this when the shootouts happen? It's like no man it's just normal city. You'd be like wow the cartels <laughs> you've been watching too much netflix i'm like yeah i did until i canceled my account and then i realized my mom's on my account and she started being like i tried to sign in the other day and it wouldn't let me and i realized all my credit card changed and the sandler movies coming well i know i was honestly going to discontinue it i'm like i don't even i don't even watch that much netflix and then adam sandler hooked me what what's the name of that movie i watched the preview i love that i can't wait i I don't even i can't remember hoops or it felt like it was a one namer I can't. My my only beef with it is that LeBron financed it, so he's going to get a ton of credit when everyone loves it. But but if I like it, that I'm entertained. You know what I mean? I I know, I know. But it's like I just LeBron.
3: I can usually I watch like a two and a half minute trailer, and it's not clear to me what's happening in this movie. Like, he finds a guy, he coaches abroad, but then he's got an NBA job, but he promises, I'm bringing this guy with me, but then the guy has a bad first practice, and he's like, is he going to make it, and then and then what?
4: Does he get fired? Yeah, see, I, what coach? I think happens is he's there, one of their main scouts, international guys. He's trying to find a gem because basketball's life. The Bobon character, he doesn't believe him. He's too old or whatever. Then he goes to Europe where he's just scouting, and he finds the guy that's. I thought Bobon
3: says, like, this is the kid you need. And he's like, it th- looks like he's 14. Is that why? Well, th-
4: no, he said, that's my kid. And he's like, oh. well, how's my your kid 14 and you're 22? This doesn't oh. add up. Okay. So then he goes internationally, finds this guy that's like a Hedo Turkaloo type, and he's fired up. He thinks he's got himself a gem. He do! He do! And clearly he's hyping the shit out of him to the Sixers. Yeah. He convinces that guy, small town, like little in the middle of nowhere, Jokic style, to come with them back to the States. Right. Did you notice there were like a couple Tatum looking guys? Like, I think there were some NBA guys in the sh- movie. I think yep. some Sixers, Seth Curry's in there, uh, Tobias Harris is in it. So clearly they get some of the scenes. So his first practice, I could see this. Sixers are like, listen, we'll give the guy a tryout. And his tryouts against like Tobias Harris and Jason Tatum. And he gets worked. And that's where Sandler's looking at him like, you're going to give it all up on one shitty practice? And he's giving him the, the mojo talk. And then he has this conversation with either the owner or the GM that's telling him like, you know, like when a detective or reporter to their, their boss gives them like, drop it, Willie. It's over. We're not chasing this lead anymore, but like, the, give me your good? gun and go yeah. on two weeks' vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the reporter, it's like we are not chasing this story, and the guy refuses to stop. Yeah. Or the detective refuses yeah. to stop, yeah. even when he gives his gun, he just still chases the story. Yep. Adam Sandler feels like he's not going to give up on this kid, and that's the. And so eventually, my guess is it ends with him getting signed and he becomes a starter. Yep. And dunks on LeBron or something. <laughs> yeah. And then
3: they confiscate the foot. Because
4: I would imagine the guy. You know, the white guy with the tats that is his project. Is that guy an, actually an NBA player, or European player? Like, he doesn't look like just some random actor.
3: No, to me, right? he looked like a good basketball player who's probably never acted before. That's how that's what it seemed like to me watching it.
4: Maybe like a former fine, Division like, one player in the Europe. The guy that plays Kareem had never acted before. But he does kind of look like Kareem. It looks like, I mean, he does a good, he's a good actor. You know what I did after winning time? I watched Winning Time uh, last week, the final episode, like middle of the week. I was like, you know what? I don't like, I, I've never really watched Kareem, so I just went to YouTube and watched like nine minutes of it. Yeah. And this highlight package starts with Magic opening in it. And it must have been within like 15 years ago, maybe when Shaq retired, maybe when Shaq was still in the Lakers. And they're like, one-on-one, who's the better player? O- There's like peak Shaquille O'Neal, probably. Shaquille O'Neal or Kareem. And Magic's like, listen, I love Shaquille O'Neal, but he's no Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then it just goes into this montage, and you're like, Kareem's skill level was pretty incredible. His passing, shooting, his movements, like he was just he was so tall. Yeah. And then I watched this this epic game he had against Wilt and Wilt was actually built a little more like Shaq, like thicker and also freak talent. It was like god these guys are. And then I watched Magic's 42-15 in that final game six. Yeah. Magic's dunking on people, doing these crazy passes at 20. It was sweet. You notice
3: one thing about Magic, because I did the same thing. I didn't watch a Kareem highlight tape. I did watch a bunch of – I watched, like, a Celtics a, a Celtics. Did you watch game. the Philly game six? I did not watch Philly game six. I went straight to Celtics games. Pretty legendary.
4: Uh, Magic's jumper? Well, did you notice a lot of those guys? The set not, not shot? Not pretty. Yeah, but all those guys like kind of like stop set. It's like a, the floor it's like a different it, format or
3: something. The floor is so crowded because nobody, everyone's in the paint. Like it's crazy. Watching it now, you go, somebody just run over there.
4: There's nobody over there. Just go out there, you know. But but you know what? There isn't like a guy kind of dribbling between his legs and then kind of the Kobe MJ kind of step back. It's all like I set my feet, I get up. It's it's weird. It's very robotic. The yeah. shooting, yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of changed in the, Magic passing and is era. the passing is just like even Kareem, like 1978 is going like whoop behind his head, full court. <laughs> the other thing that I think is really good because they got want you practice
3: passing. Well, the other thing I noticed watching them is I think they're, they're real. Those guys were really good at finishing, not at the basket, like layups where your fingertips are touching the backboard, but I feel like they were really good at finishing at like three to five feet away from the basket where you didn't get to the basket, but you would take, like, these push shots, these floaters, these little... They were really good at taking these shots from, like, three to five feet away that are really hard shots because they're in-between shots, and you're running at full speeds, and they're just, like, banking these shots in over a defender
4: that were, like, really... You don't see a lot of guys shooting those shots anymore. No, You know the D-Wade bank shot? Yeah. It's basically their shot within five feet, but it's, like, at full speed. No one does that now. No. No, could but these guys Kareem, I, Kareem could score forty
3: doing that, those type things. But I even the guards, I remember thinking like I was watching a game going when they w- it would be they were they would surprise me with their finishes like because I'm not used to watching those type like three foot full speed like runner off the backboard like well, you would I'll just try scared. to
4: dunk it now wouldn't you? Yeah, it, I don't know, or you wouldn't even there's you wouldn't you wouldn't it looks dramatic? Shit. I would say basketball in the in the 70s and even the early 80s. Because you watch the 90s basketball. It was just more big oriented. But the way people played still looks like now. Yeah. I think like you watch when Magic first got in the league, it feels like a different sport. I do think those guys from a skill standpoint
3: translate. Like they they play a different way. So you couldn't step up. They wouldn't hit three. But if you put those guys in today's basketball, they'd play the same way these guys play. Yeah. I. You know what I mean? Like if you just taught. That guy, how to shoot three? You let him shoot three. He, the athlete is the same level of athlete. I, maybe. I mean, well, Car- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't. say same level. But those. Kareem, those teams you put Kareem
4: can, in his prime in the NBA. Yeah, NBA I just right think now. most teams guard. could hang with these
3: teams. Yeah,
4: I agree. I mean, Magic. It's not like. Well, you know, Magic, this point guard, he was five six. No, yeah, these small guys are tall. <laughs> Their strong guys are strong. How would Larry play small forward? Well, he's six eight and a half. How Jerry West? Yeah, he's a six seven shooting guard. I've stood by Jerry West. He's enormous. He's huge. Yeah, same. All right.
3: Yeah. Adios. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Let's go.
2: Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMT platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
5: If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope,